0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Welcome to Weekend Gardening. While Mama's away, the Birdman will play. Welcome, Birdman Ken Hackman.
2: And good morning, Mississippi. How's everybody out there doing this morning? Ken Hackman, the Birdman, here with you this morning. Looking forward to an exciting day. Looking forward to your calls. But hey, let's check with Daniel back there behind the glass. Daniel, what's going on with the weather today?
3: Uh, Well, Ken, the weather for today, it's been actually quite chilly these past few days. So I would probably recommend getting a warm coat and just keep in mind with everything going on right now.
2: Absolutely. I tell you what, I, I wasn't sure when I got ready to make the turn in at County Line Road whether I was in the right place or not. The fog was so bad um, that I had to double check and make sure that I was getting off the interstate at the correct place.
3: Oh, yeah. When I, when I, when I left my house this morning, I was like... Man, it's pretty foggy. I hope I can find where I'm going.
2: (laughs) (laughs) True that, true that. Well, I tell you what, this weather has things happening all over the place. I've noticed some azaleas are bolting. That's uh, blooming when they shouldn't be. uh, Bolting out at uh, the Madison Square Center for the Arts in Madison. And the birds are starting to move. So we're getting some really nice action out there. Hey, everybody, we'd love for you to give us a call at 888-808-8637. That's your, uh, your call line in here. To ask questions about birds, birding, gardening for the birds, gardening for wildlife. Uh, we usually get some questions about bats and snakes and deer and everything else. So shoot us a line at 888-808-8637. You can also reach us on that C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. That's 601-879. 879 We'll be glad to take your texts and see what's going on in your yard. We want to hear about you. We want to hear your questions. We want to have a good time this morning. I tell you, I was looking at the list of what's being in the state in the last few days, and we've actually got wood storks. Here in, in Jackson area, out at Mays Lake, which is in the Lafleur's Bluff uh, State Park, I don't think I've ever seen wood storks in there. It's uh, shaping up to be a really exciting fall with bird migration. There are a number of things already starting to come in. People are seeing golden-crowned kinglets. Uh, those have been all over the place, even here in Madison County. Um, we're seeing... Well, Madison County, just north of us. Sometimes I have to stop and think, Daniel, that I'm actually sitting in uh, the city of Jackson when I'm in the broadcast studio, so...
3: Yeah, sometimes you just got to remember where you are and all that, but once you do, you'll figure out where you are. Yeah, I think I know where
2: I am. I, the, the fog had me confused, but I think I know where I am now. Hey, we also had a longtime listener, uh, according to Nellie, who's, I think she's tromping around in the rainforest somewhere looking for new cultivars, uh, seed that she can mix with other things, doing her, her garden mama magic. Uh, but um, she told me that we had a longtime listener out there that was wondering where the white pelicans were. Well, they're here. Uh, there are all kinds of reports coming out of Jackson County, which is to be expected down there on the coast. But uh, they're also being seen in Lafayette County and Tate County. So just be a little patient. It's it's not going to be long before they hit all of these uh, Corps of Engineers reservoirs we have, Barnett and Sardis and Grenada and Enid, Archibutla. All of these lakes are going to be getting those... Um, those american white pelicans pretty soon now pretty soon i would say hey yellow-bellied sapsuckers are showing up i get the question all the time about is there really such a thing as a yellow-bellied sapsucker absolutely beautiful little woodpecker um, and and they are the ones if you ever look at a tree out in your yard or out in the woods and you see these horizontal rows of holes in the in the bark that's the work of a yellow-bellied sap sucker. They literally drill little holes, wait for the sap to come out, and they feed on that. And they also get the insects that come to the sap as well. So they're nice little guys to have around. Um, I've heard a lot of questions about whether or not they're doing any damage to the tree. The ones in my backyard seem to be growing fine. I think that would be more of a garden mama question to see if that sucker is really doing any harm. It may slow growth a little bit, but I don't think it's causing any long-term growth. Typically, when you see a tree, if it's got any disease problems, there's going to be some lichens all over it and, and other things of that sort. So I think our yellow-bellied sapsuckers are just fine. Sit back, get a pair of binoculars, and enjoy them because they are so beautiful. Warblers are coming through still. Not a lot of them, but uh, we had a report this morning of an oven bird out at Lafleur's Bluff State Park. Um, we also had uh, the wood storks, white ibis, green heron. These are birds we typically don't get to see often at, uh, at Lafleur's Bluff State Park. And there was something else I wanted to look at, Daniel. Where was it? It's up here someplace. A really nice bird. And I thought, ooh. You know what? It it was the wood storks. That's what I was thinking of. This is what happens after a, a night of true enjoyment and football and everything else that's going on. Uh, many of you know that I'm a teacher at Madison Central High School. I teach invertebrate zoology and vertebrate zoology. I'm really excited when I get to get in here to the studio and talk to those of you out there about what's happening with the wildlife. I, I have a great passion for sharing that with my students, but um, th- there's there's something a little different about asking questions and getting answers and, and whatnot and having you ask questions and me giving answers for questions that you may have about what's going on in your yard. Remember that this is a caller-driven show, so we need to talk to you. You've got to give us a call. number is 888-808-8637, 888-808-8637. And, of course, that C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Now, my good friend up in uh, Tacapola, Mississippi, is still getting swarms of hummingbirds at his feeders. Everybody always asks, how late can I expect hummingbirds? When are they going to be here? When are they going to go? Um, well, guess what, folks? They're still here. Typically, I tell my listeners and I tell people that call me at home and whatnot, if you see a hummingbird after November 10th, please give me a call. Because if you see one that late, it's typically something different. Now, with all the talk about changing temperatures and uh, whether you want to call it climate change, global warming, whatever your, your feelings are about the subject, we are seeing some differences. So that number may get pushed back a little bit as far as the date that I ask people to call me. But, hey, go ahead. You see some hummingbirds? Give me a buzz because we'd love to hear from you and find out what's going on in your yard. Uh, We're not going to come and completely move in and take over your backyard, but we'd like to know what you've got. It's possible we may send a single expert out to take a look at it. Maybe I'll come myself. And we'll take a look at what you've got and see if it's something special. And there's something really, really special about, the possibility of us coming out and capturing a hummingbird in your backyard that is a wintering hummer and then letting you hold it in your hand and let it go afterward. We've got uh, Frank from JS Frank, what's going on with the bald eagles in your area?
4: Well, I was, uh, dropping down 84 the other day and, uh, thank you for taking my call, but, uh, I was driving down, uh, 84 in between Burke Haven and Monticello and, uh, Looked up, and there was a bald eagle flying around uh I'm a hundred percent on the site, and i'm I've lived in South Louisiana where they're rather prevalent in certain areas, and I just thought it was really cool, man.
2: We, we are getting more and more reports of the bald eagles, and we know personally of about three nests right here in the madison uh, Hines County area. Uh, more and more of them are being built as we get further and further away from the pesticide uses uh, that took place in the past. We're using safer pesticides now uh, as far as the bald eagles go at that rate and the peregrine falcons and those other birds. What was happening uh, back then was the use of DDT was causing them to lay eggs that the shell was so weak that when they sat on them, they would underneath them, which is pretty rough. Um, so your eagle was flying right over the the interstate there.
4: Right. Uh, well, uh, it was in a river bottom, uh, kind of in the flat area, and uh, I wanted to drive back and see if I could see the nest uh, and locate the nest.
2: Mm -hmm. Chances are this time of year there could have been a nest nearby. Uh, They range pretty freely once uh, the nesting season is over. They do a lot of dispersal, uh, post-breeding dispersal. There may have been one nearby. There may not have been. A lot of times uh, we know of one nest, for example, well, two, but One is pretty much hidden. We know of a nest out at the Ross Barnett Reservoir. They're all over that nest uh, during the spring and and early part of the summer. And then once midsummer comes, we don't see them anywhere near the nest at all. But we will see five or six eagles out at the Ross Barnett Reservoir at one time, just nowhere near the nest. So uh, there's a lot going on out there. We still have a lot yet to learn. And um, we do keep a count. Uh, I'm, I'm not personally involved in it, but uh, there are some folks at LSU and at Mississippi State keeping a count of all the bald eagle nests in the state. And if you do find a nest out there, call up and let us know. Garden Mama knows how to get in touch with me. Call up and let us know, and it may be something that we need to add to the database of knowledge.
4: I most definitely we will do that, man. I, I thank you very much. Uh, one more thing I would like to... Uh, encourage people not to shoot these animals. I have a lot of family members that believe they're saving rabbits and squirrels every time they shoot a falcon type, a hawk, uh, uh, and that is not the case either. So.
2: No, it's it's not the case. They're a natural part of the environment. They're a natural part of the food web, and to say nothing else, it's extremely illegal, and unless you've got tens of thousands of dollars and time to spend in jail, it's not a good idea to do.
4: That's the PSA I was hoping you'd give everybody, man. I appreciate you very much. You have a great day, bud.
2: Well, thank you, Frank. You have a wonderful day, too. Uh, it's amazing to me how many people in the state don't realize the illegalities of shooting uh, not just native birds, migratory birds, raptors. There are several different acts out there that cover uh, protection of these species, and th- folks hawks owls eagles they are way off limits uh, the fines for them can be in the tens of thousands of dollars i would have to look up to see what the minimum fine is uh, something in my mind wants to say fifty thousand but I, I will look that up i don't hold that for gospel um you really just don't want to go there they're important when an eagle takes a kill It's going to be a weakened, sickened animal. Bald eagles, by nature, feed typically on sick and dying fish near the surface of the water. When they're really, really hungry, they'll go after ducks. They'll go after something else, but they typically are only able to catch things that are not very strong and not very quick. The eagle is a scavenger. That was the whole reason behind Ben Franklin wanting the turkey to be our national bird, uh, because the eagle is a, you know, quite frankly, it's a scavenger, and you know something else that's crazy i'm gonna do this daniel's looking at me like what and the world is going on with him uh i'm gonna play a song for you and this song ladies and gentlemen is not what you're thinking and let's see who out there knows what this wonderful song is um if
3: i can get it to go here hey ken uh When you were trying to find something, I think I found it. Don from Gulfport actually texted us. He said that brown hummingbirds migrate from the Smoky Mountains all over my obedient flowers. Yeah.
2: When you're watching the movies or television and you hear this nice, majestic scream as a bald eagle flies across the sky, that's not an eagle. That's a red-tailed hawk call. This is a bald eagle. Sounds so majestic, doesn't it?
3: Oh yeah, it sounds very majestic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they are beautiful birds. They certainly look majestic, and I tell you, it—I it, I still get my breath taken away every time I take a look at a bald eagle. I, it's so exciting to see them, but they are not exactly what people think they are very important part of the environment um, very important scavengers taking things that uh, need to be removed from the water Um, tell you something else that's really cool to watch is when an osprey takes a fish from the water now an osprey can take a healthy fish it will take almost anything a lot of people may not have noticed this when an osprey flies down. Some people call them a fish eagle. When an osprey flies down and grabs the water and pulls it up with its talons, it always turns the fish head forward so that while it's flying, that head is facing forward and helping the aerodynamics so that the osprey can fly because often that, that fish will be so heavy that it wouldn't make it very far off the water surface if even out of the water without having that aerodynamic help. It's really cool to watch that happen. All right. Want to hear what's going on in your yard. Uh, we appreciate that call from Frank letting us know about the bald eagle down there in that area near Brookhaven. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember the name of that little uh, river down there. Is it Strong River in that area? Um,
3: uh, I, You know, funny coincidence. I actually lived in Brookhaven, and I don't remember the name of the river, but I know – there's the Bogachita River that's down yeah, there.
2: Bogachita's down there. Um, I actually, my pastor's from Bogachita. So, I- anywhere along that area, Bogachita, Strong River, if you know of an eagle nest, give us a call, let us know. Um, we won't tell everybody where it is. We'll just tell the people that are keeping account of what's going on there so that uh, we can protect these birds. They're beautiful, they're gorgeous, and we need them around, that's for sure. Okay. I was going to talk a little bit more about hummingbirds and certainly interrupt any you want to with a call. The number to call us is 888-808-8637. That number is 888 888- 808-8637. of course you can send in a text on our ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. One of the special things about hummingbirds is what they're going through right now they're staging and getting ready to head south across the Gulf of Mexico by this time I would imagine a lot of them have already gone south across the Gulf of Mexico Every year, I have people say, what time should I take down my feeders? Well, the answer to that is no time. Don't. Leave your feeders up year-round. We get, uh, and there have been recorded as many as 11 species of hummingbird in Mississippi in the wintertime. Now, our ruby throats are going to leave. There's nothing you can do to keep them here. And when it's time for them to go, they're going to go. We're going to come back in just a second after this quick little break, and I'm going to tell you more about these wintering hummings and exactly what's going on. Give us a call at 888-808-8637. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama. We'll see you in just a minute.
5: there. What are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Plus, you could save up to $150. Viasat offers high speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to viasat.com connect now and save up to $150 on select home plans. That's slash connect now. Minimum 24 month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See viasat.com for additional terms and conditions.
7: Run! Get to the car! It's coming! Start the car! What are
6: you waiting for? I knew I should have gone to Mazda of Jackson! Get rid of that creepy old car you've been driving around in. And upgrade to a new vehicle. During our model year clearance at Mazda of Jackson, all the 2021s must go. And we're giving you amazing savings on every last one of them. Get 0.9% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0.9% on every new Mazda in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. You can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Is your credit history scary? (laughs) Our credit team will work to get you approved, no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. <laughs> Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. So get to Mazda of Jackson today, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. I-55 French Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. ofjackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select models.
3: 5.
8: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro, call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
1: Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. The weather is chilly, but it's not officially fall until you button up a soft and cozy flannel from Untuck It. They're perfect for keeping warm and in style this season. Untuck it shirts are designed to be worn untucked, so you'll look sharp and stay comfortable all day long. The wrinkle-free and performance shirts are great for work and the weekend. Just layer a super soft sweater on top for more dressed-up occasions. So update your closet this fall at Untuckit.com or at 80-plus stores. Use code COZY for 20% off your first order. Untuckit shirts, designed to be worn untucked.
6: Muskelly Furniture, homegrown and locally owned since 1978. We're committed to this community where our team members live and our customers are neighbors. It's
8: also where a lot of our furniture is made. We carry more brands made in our state than any
4: other retailer in the southeast.
5: Look for the Made in Mississippi tags throughout our store. You'll find quality products that support local Mississippi companies.
4: At
9: Muskelly's, we look forward to furnishing happiness for many years to come.
2: Good morning, Mississippi. How about that a little Grateful Dead for you this morning, huh? Picking on Grateful Dead, okay. Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garten Mama while she's out traipsing around, and we're looking forward to a wonderful day. We're going to talk about all kinds of things today. Anything you want to talk about? In fact, we've got Bert on the line from Lawrence, Mississippi, and Lawrence, our Bert from Lawrence, wants to talk about hummingbirds. Go ahead, Bert. You're on the air. Uh, Hey, Hey. Uh, I do
10: have a comment or two about hummingbirds here. Uh, They typically show up here right about the spring uh, equinox, and they leave right after the fall equinox, just regular clockwork. The latest I see them around here, well, this year, uh, they had all moved out by about the 4th or 5th of October. They were gone.
2: That early, I mean, it just disappeared. Mine, mine stayed a little bit longer than that, and and this morning uh, we have a, a member of the Amer- of the Mississippi Ornithological Society that lives up near uh, um, goodness, I can't think his place is Takapola, but uh, lives up in the Delta, and he still has swarms this morning at his feeders. Uh, there's a lot going on with them, uh, Bert. And by the way, I know exactly where Lawrence is. I um, I lived for a little while in Decatur, and and um, that's a a wonderful little area around there, Lawrence and Newton County. Um, good birding in there too. If if you get out and do any of that, um, I think what's happening right now with with hummingbirds is that they're their whole pattern is being disrupted as as we're going through all of these changes usually the very first hummingbird hits the mississippi gulf coast on march 4th every year and it's it's almost like clockwork i, I jokingly say you can set your calendar by it. The hummingbirds are going to hit Mississippi on March 4th down on the coast. And that has been coming earlier and earlier as we've gone through things. We actually had a few reports in February this year of them hitting. So I don't know that we can put definitive times. I I used to look very closely at the equinoxes. Now, one thing you can do is to look at them for bloom times, uh, and and historically, and that's probably where the the idea of the hummingbirds lining up with the equinoxes came from. You know, if you do any gardening at all, that a lot of flowers bloom based on photoperiod, the number of hours of sunlight in a day, and when that photoperiod is just exactly right, down to the down to the few seconds of a minute, uh, that particular species of flower blooms, and. Traditionally, these these plants bloomed and the birds had their migration time so that they would hit right when the bloom took place. Um, If you're interested in photoperiod, there's some really strange things that happen. Does everybody ever wonder with as wide a span as there is at Easter? Easter lilies always bloom on Easter Sunday. It's because they keep them in rooms and control the photoperiod, and then they turn it on so that the photoperiod is just right to make them bloom, and they all bloom and get sold. Uh, Bert, you haven't seen any at all since October?
10: I'm oh, sorry, say again?
2: Uh, you haven't seen any at all since October? No, no. Wow. i was
10: sorry. And I got, uh, read an article a while back that there are some, there should be some that will surprise you in overwinter, and that they would stay in pines, that they would, uh, not nest, but take shelter like in pine trees. But what on earth do they eat?
2: Uh, well, insects, believe it or not, they are 60% of a hummingbird's diet is insects. And the the deal with the hummingbirds is that a lot of these Western hummers that live up in the mountains, the rufous hummingbird, the Allen hummingbird, the uh, Anna's hummingbird, uh, we've had 11 species here in Mississippi. And... Most of those are are montane hummingbirds, those that live in mountains that move east, and they find our southeastern winters to be quite mild in comparison to what they would have up in the mountains. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in the top of the Rockies on a summer day. It can be pretty chilly up there. So, you know, our winters are not such a big deal for them. And on warmer days, the insects do come out and start moving around. Um, I like the fact that you mentioned the pines. Pines and and other evergreens, Now I'll tell you what they really love. If you can plant some uh, juniper or, or cedar trees in the yard or along a fence row or something like that. In fact, I didn't plant mine. They just grew up on the back fence row. They love those because the, the collection of needles and whatnot, especially in the more compact things like the junipers and the cedars, holds in a lot of ambient heat. And that's why they spend so much time in there. Your deciduous trees that have already dropped all of their leaves have no way to hold any heat. So the the birds prefer the pines and the firs. And you know, we don't have a lot of firs down here. But uh, junipers and, and cypress and, and – uh, well, not the cypress. Junipers and – I'm drawing a complete blank here um, – Cedars, my, my, I don't know where my mind was. I, I guess it was like that advertisement on pizza uh, on TV that I was just lost. But uh, good comment and and good noticing about the pines. Is that all you had there, Bert?
10: Uh, yes. Well, I would like to know uh, if you had some idea how I could draw some of these common birds back to the. Uh, I know. The food source and what they have to eat is is the big draw, and I suspect that the local food sources have has dried up for them for some reason. Though uh, this this used to be a bird infested place, and I really liked it like that.
2: Over there in the Lawrence area, are they still doing any of that? Uh, there was some cotton farming going on on the other side of the interstate from Lawrence. Is that still going on over there at the lake exit? Yes. Okay. Those pesticides are probably going to knock back your insect-eating birds in the area. Of course, those aren't the ones that are coming to your feeders. What you need to focus on are the seed-eating birds, um, unless you want to encourage the insect-eating birds. And there are some things that you can do for them, like mealworms. Uh, My guess is that you just need to be patient. Birds have a tendency to move around Almost nomadically, um, I don't like to use the term sporadic, but uh, almost nomadically, one year I'll have 200 uh, indigo buntings in the yard, and then the next year I'll have three. And that happens. They basically follow the trails of food that they can find. And if somebody just north of you or just south of you doesn't have a whole lot up or there's not a lot of wild food for them, and that's that's the most important thing, the wild foods. If there's not enough wild food for them in one particular year because of a, a drought or something along those lines, then they'll find another route as they move north and south. And I, I think, in in my opinion, it just takes a little patience and And getting ready and being ready. Now, one thing that you can do to increase is to make sure that you've got more than one type of feeder up. Typically, I like the tube feeders for the smaller birds, platform feeders about six inches off the ground, tray feeders they call them, for birds like cardinals and whatnot. Different birds feed, even naturally, at different levels. Uh, Some of the warblers only feed up in the very tip-tops of trees, and some like to feed down low. You can match that with the types of feeders that you put in your your yard. Um, Also, try using a, a... wider array of what you feed. Suet, for example, will pull in some of those insect-eating birds and uh, also some of the woodpeckers and and even nuthatches and titmice and chickadees take to the suet. A lot of birds love that suet, and there's a great source for that at Wild Birds Unlimited. They've got some great suet there. Um, Peanut butter with cornmeal in it. Now, you have to be very careful not to put too much peanut butter in it. Make sure that you've got at least... uh, I'd say three parts of cornmeal for every part of peanut butter that you have in. And stick some crushed peanuts in there along with that. Uh, All of that is really, really good for the birds. Put out some corn. And when you put out corn, you've got to realize it needs to be cracked corn. Whole kernel corn, you're going to have a lot of squirrels all over the place. Uh, I like to throw out cracked corn, especially uh, in your area. You may or may not be close to an open field. I don't know exactly where your house is, uh, but knowing that that Lawrence area, uh, if you've got an open field nearby, throw out some cracked corn. You may even get some bobwhite quail in the yard. Uh, A lot of different possibilities, but the big secret is to, A, Offer water, which I didn't mention earlier. B, make sure you have out as many different types of feeders and different types of foods as you can offer. All right.
10: That sounds like a plan. I'm going to try some the that. Uh and I appreciate
2: you taking my call. Absolutely. Glad to hear from you, Bert. Uh, you know, those hummingbirds, ladies and gentlemen, are, are really things of mystery. Um, I I have to be honest with you. My feeders are not full. I have been unbelievably busy lately and have not tended to them. That's the bird man being honest. Sometimes it hurts, but we have to tell the truth. Uh when you do get those feeders, keep them up year round. We've had we've had we've had a white-eared hummingbird in Mississippi. You know, this is a bird that is almost never seen outside of Arizona's canyons in southeastern Arizona, Cave Creek Canyon, Madera Canyon, um Miller's Canyon is the big one for the white-eared hummingbird. But everyone wants to take in that feeder. Keep it out there. Keep it clean, keep it fresh, keep it full. There's no telling what you could have in your yard. My mom and dad, for I would guess probably close to a decade, hosted uh, rufous hummingbirds every winter. And that's a beautiful little reddish colored hummingbird, a rufous red uh, hummingbird that they're quite frequently, that's probably the most frequently seen. Uh, wintering hummer that we have in central Mississippi. Uh, They get them up in the northern part of the state. Now, those of you that are listening down on the coast, you are the lucky ones. And uh, if you're a regular birder, you know that. Buff-bellied hummingbirds, calliope hummingbirds, Allen's hummingbirds, Anna's hummingbirds, uh, just a wide variety. And by the way, it was down on the coast that that white eared hummingbird showed up. I was fortunate enough a few years ago. Well, it's been more than a few now. I'm getting old. uh, I was fortunate enough a number of years ago to have the first two calliope hummingbirds ever seen in the state outside of those three coastal counties the coastal counties get a lot of birds every every winter a lot of hummingbirds the rest of us take the scraps and the leftovers but there's enough of those scraps and leftovers to keep a lot of people happy so keep that feeder out keep several of them out once you find Uh, a hummingbird feeding it in this winter weather once it comes in fully what you want to do is to narrow down find out which feeder is its favorite and then take the others out and just use that one feeder and if you need to you can slowly move that feeder bit by bit to a spot where you can see it on a regular basis and that bird will come in and you'll get to watch it all winter long and there's something really special about that enjoy those hummers they're special and yes 60% of their diet is insects, and I would imagine that number goes up quite a bit during the winter when there uh, aren't that many sources of nectar around. I did want to let everybody know that I I looked up to find out what the fines were on killing the bald eagle, and there's actually a double fine. You can get hit for $15,000 under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. And here's the big one, $100,000 under the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. So don't shoot those birds. Uh, I believe it was Frank that called in earlier that uh, mentioned that there are folks out there that are willing to kill hawks and eagles. And people, you don't want to do that. $115,000 is nothing to sneeze at, is it, Daniel?
3: Yeah, that that's actually a lot of money. And like you were saying about, like, we shouldn't um – Hunt Hawks or bald eagles the in the number of the population has been decreasing because of that, and we just need to make sure that we don 't do that anymore so that way we can let those uh, the population of the bald eagles and the hawks increase so that way we can see them all all the time all year round
2: absolutely and and you know so that our kids and our grandkids will have the opportunity to witness these stately birds um, they 're just wonderful. hey, you know what else is being seen when i was growing up as a kid <clears throat> we used to joke about snipe hunting and our boy scout troop would go hiking and camping and we'd try to get the new kids and take them out of the woods leave them out in the woods without a flashlight to go snipe hunting a lot of people don't realize there really are snipes and the snipes have moved in the the most commonly seen snipe here in mississippi is a wilson's snipe in fact i've not seen any other species in mississippi Um, The Wilson snipe comes in in the wintertime, and you'll often find them near uh, fields that have been slightly flooded, have a lot of water standing in them. They love those old catfish ponds with a little bit of water in the bottom. They love those. I generally see quite a few every year out at the uh, fish hatchery at – uh, down Pipeline Road that is off-limits, folks. You can't go in there, uh, but but we get them at the fish hatchery every year when I go in with uh, some of the wardens out there. Well, not the warden, but the, the, the gentleman that runs the fish hatchery. Um, <clears throat> he's the father of a former student of mine and, and There's some nice snipes out there. But again, ladies and gentlemen, they're off limits. You can't go in there and hunt them. A lot to talk about yet today. We're going to talk about some seed preferences. We'll talk about uh, how to keep those squirrels out of your yard. And... Well, give us a call. We want to talk about what you want to talk about in your yard. The number to call is 888-808-8637. That's 888-808-8637. Or you can reach us by text on that C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Hey, it's Ken Hackman, the Birdman, here, filling in for Nellie the Garden Mama. Stick around. We've got more to go right after this.
11: Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson, Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word cure to 501501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did.
0: Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association and Warner
1: Ladder.
9: No drip
8: roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051.
12: Finding the right Medicare plan may feel impossible, but now it's anything but. With Walgreens Rx coverage tool, you can compare plans online, over the phone, or in person, making Medicare easier than ever. Easier than picking which true crime doc to watch, figuring out that Wi-Fi password, or putting the duvet cover back on. So if you can do those things, with FindRx coverage, you can definitely Medicare. Find the plan that's right for you by visiting walgreens.com slash medicare. Visit two men in a for a free, no obligation estimate.
2: I love this little part. And good morning again, everybody. Ken Hagman, the Birdman, filling in for Nellie, the garden mama this morning. We're talking about birds, gardening for birds, wildlife, all kinds of things. We had someone call in uh, during the break, wanted to know how to get rid of chipmunks as opposed to getting rid of squirrels at the bird feeders. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that was Ann. Ann, I've never heard of chipmunks at the bird feeders. If they do get up there, my suggestion would be, um, and, and this will work because all rodents are pretty much the same, um, feed a a seed known as safflower i'm not talking sunflower i'm talking safflower s-a-f-f-l-o-w-e-r safflower is a white seed it's not black like black oil sunflower it's white and if you feed safflower not only do the squirrels not eat it well there's like one in every 200,000 that might eat it uh, i just threw that number out there. It's like barely ever any to do um Not only do the squirrels not eat it, it'll keep away the blackbirds and the grackles, so it's a really, really nice seed. It's a little more expensive, but hey, when everything else is not eating up all your seeds and the birds you want are getting it, it's worth that little extra money. And you actually save money buying it because it's not all getting eaten by the squirrels. That's always a plus. Uh, As far as getting rid of the chipmunks, I, I don't know... How to get rid of them, I'll be honest with you, not legally. Uh, and we, we've we already been talking about some legal things this morning, and I hope that answered your question. Uh, that kind of leaves me to a segue into uh, something else here. We were talking about the penalty for Bald Eagle, and I said $100,000 uh, under the uh, Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act, and then $15,000 for the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, well evidently that was not the top number. Uh, We have just found here that penalties include a maximum of five years in jail, five years, and $250,000 fine for felony convictions, and a maximum $10,000 fine for a civil conviction. Y'all, that's a quarter of a million dollars in five years. I don't think I'd be shooting at that bird. I wouldn't either. <laughs> no. I don't have a quarter of a million dollars. I don't know that I've ever seen a quarter of a million dollars. So
3: I, I don't even think I've seen something over two, $3,000 at right? most.
2: You, you know, if there's a farmer out there that's worried about his chickens and he wants to shoot a hawk, just ask, how many chickens does it take to make $250,000? I don't think any any... Shot is worth that, and certainly I wouldn't want to do it just because it's a beautiful bird. I I love my birds, love to get out into nature. I I have a group at at the high school where I teach. I teach at Madison Central High School, and we actually have our own little schools ornithology club, our Madison Central Ornithology Society, and. We go out and go birding. We've been out uh, with the Mississippi Ornithological Society already this fall. We went out with Delta Windbirds, which is a nonprofit up in the Delta um, this fall, and and we're having some good times getting out and teaching young people, teaching kids how to appreciate nature. And it it really amazes me that this this next generation. Everybody always talks about oh these young people these days. This next generation is more concerned and and seems to be. more more appreciative of the beauty of nature um, than then people might realize I, I never get tired of seeing their faces light up when they see something absolutely beautiful uh, we went up into an area in the Delta just a few weeks ago and saw some roseate spoonbills now for those of you that don't know a roseate spoonbill is a large pink wading bird with a spoon-shaped bill we get reports every year in Mississippi about, oh, there's a flamingo out here. Well, it's not a flamingo, it's a roseate spoonbill same color, a little different shaped bill for sure, and um, we don't have flamingos in Mississippi. Now, down on the coast, I think once or twice there may have been some reports of a flamingo that was blown up after a storm, but uh, you're not going to see a flamingo up in the the counties of Mississippi that are not right on the coast. And if you do see one on the coast, you better be calling everybody you know to come see it, because it is a rare, rare thing indeed. Um, I've only seen, and I've been bird watching for 30 years, I've only seen wild flamingos in the United States three times. That's it. Three times in 30 years. So you, if you see a large pink bird, chances are it's not a flamingo. It's a roseate spoonbill. Still an absolutely gorgeous bird. Uh, they get that pink color from from their diet, and it's amazing when my students see something like that for the first time, and their their whole faces just light up. I've heard so many oohs and ahs over the last couple of months as we've taken these young people out, uh, and it's good to get back out again. You know, we didn't do anything for the last couple of years, but because of covid and getting these kids back out into nature has been a real uplifting thing for me and i'm looking forward to getting back out the next time we can get out on a saturday
3: yeah i feel like um like you were saying about the next generation even this includes even everybody like if y'all are if everyone's just like a little bored at the house and they don't know what to do they could always just go outside in their backyard or just go hiking in the woods and just enjoy nature
2: it's an absolutely wonderful thing to do. I tell you what, my blood pressure drops every time I get out of the woods. I, not dangerously low. It's just it drops. Uh, I take high blood pressure medication. I'm 61, and I think almost all of us that have been around for a long time take some sort of, of help to uh, keep our blood pressure down. But I could literally go into the woods and not have to take my meds that day because I. It, it's just so wonderful to get out there and, and see his creation and enjoy everything that that goes on let's talk a little bit about winter birds and what we should expect we mentioned the hummingbirds that come down and we didn't talk about wintering birds there's some wonderful birds that come down you know a lot of people look at the birds that we get in town that are called sparrows and um those sparrows um are not really sparrows. They're weaver finches. The house sparrow, people call them. Uh, from the, they're actually, I believe, from from. Africa, if I'm not mistaken, but I know that they have them in England, uh, and I think that's where they were introduced from. I could be mistaken on that. I'll look it up because I don't like talking about things I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll look that up and find out exactly where they're from, but they're weaver finches. They're the ones that are building up under the signs at your Walmart senior grocery stores and everything like that, and they're squeaking all the time. Squeaking is not the right word. Chirping all the time at all the, the parking lots and, and any kind of business. Business building, and they're out in the parking lot eating French fries and everything you can imagine. Well, the situation with those birds is that they don't belong here, and they're not even real sparrows. They are weaver finches. Real sparrows, ladies and gentlemen, are birds of beauty. They are absolutely fantastic. Now, I enjoy them, and in fact, for 17 years, my students and I from Madison Central worked on uh, research work, helping some graduate students out at LSU and Southeastern Louisiana University work on a beautiful sparrow called Henslow's Sparrow, and we banded those for 17 years. It was a phenomenal program, great for our kids to experience, but a Henslow's Sparrow has a green head. Y'all, that's a beautiful bird. A lot of folks don't know the rich chestnut colors and and the green colors that are there. A lot of great stuff out there. White-crowned sparrows have these beautiful contrasting white stripes over the top of their head. Those are out there. The white-throated sparrows are being seen all over the place. Keep an eye out and look because sparrows are not what you think they are. Get out into the woods. Do some wonderful things. it's a great thing to get out into nature. We're going to talk more about what's being seen. Remember, we want you to call us and ask questions about the birds in your yard or any other form of wildlife. We'll be glad to answer them for you. Ken Hackman, the Birdman, want to remind you to give us a call at 888-808-8637. That's 888-808-8637. Or shoot us a text on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama. We'll be right back after this.
12: Why
8: join Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation if I'm not a farmer? Let's start with the valuable discounts
0: on vehicles, travel, farm equipment, and much more. All of which would cover the cost of your membership. Throw in the insurance products, smarter banking, and agricultural advocacy,
1: and the choice is clear. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at
2: msfb.org.
0: You're listening to WFMN, Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090.
7: I'm Andy. and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The strain on hospitals has receded across Mississippi, but state health officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says the winter brings new concerns.
8: We know that we're likely to see additional flu cases coming. We know that a lot of times flu. Admissions can stress the health system and if we have COVID at the same time that we also have a limited hospital staffing because so many folks have left, it could be really difficult.
7: And shipping containers once ran around two to three grand to move raw materials from Asia to America. John McKay with the Mississippi Manufacturers Association says the cost is now much higher. Once you had the bottlenecks at the ports, these companies in the shipping
1: industry, you know, it's supply and demand. The demand started skyrocketing, so they were having to charge more for their service, and now it's gone from that two to three thousand to twenty two to twenty five thousand per container. And you can only imagine multiply that out across what you're ordering. That is significant cost increases.
7: I'm Eddie Davis. Hey there, what
5: are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Fiasat offers high speed satellite internet wherever you live even if cable providers don't go there so you can get online today and tomorrow go to viasat.com internet now and save up to 150 dollars on select home plans that's slash internet now minimum 24 month service term service is not available in all areas see viasat.com for additional terms and conditions
6: hey there lucky buck here coming to you live from a nearby meadow You know, four-leaf clovers are lucky, of course, but I find that the three-leafers are lucky, too, and just as tasty. Mm. Speaking of lucky things in threes, there's Cash 3 from the Mississippi Lottery. Cash 3 has daily drawings with $0.50 and $1 plays and lots of ways
1: to win. So play Cash 3 sometime, and you might be lucky like me. Have fun, y'all. Must be 21 years or older to play. Please play responsibly.
7: On August 30th during Hurricane Ida, a large landslide caused State Route 26 in George County to wash out, claiming the lives of three people and injuring several others. The project was awarded to T.L. Wallace Construction for $1.8 million and repairs are underway. Kelly Castleberry is MDOT's District 6 engineer. MDOT
8: has expedited everything according to this project, you know, based on accumulating information to design, to getting ready to let a contract, and then to have a contractor come in and do the work expeditiously. That's what our goal is. This is a relatively short time period to try to get a road back open, but I think we're going to be
9: successful in doing that and making
7: sure that we're safe in what we give the motorists. It's expected to reopen in December. And Dr. Schneider Automotive Systems, a global automotive supplier in manufacturing, air ventilation systems, and window frame trim is locating manufacturing operations in Baldwin. It's a $22.5 million corporate investment and will create up to 400 jobs over six years. I'm Andy Davis. With Sports Mississippi,
9: I'm Dixon Williams. Football actions today finds the Ole Miss Rebels at home taking on the Liberty Flames and their former head coach, Hugh Freeze, in his third year with Liberty. The Flames are seven and two. The Rebels come in at six and two. Eleven o'clock kickoff in Oxford, 9 o'clock airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network. Mississippi State will be at Arkansas taking on the Razorbacks. 3 o'clock kick there. 1 o'clock airtime on the MSU Football Network. Other action in the Southeastern Conference. LSU is at Alabama with a 6 o'clock kick tonight. Missouri at Georgia. Auburn is at Texas A&M. Tennessee is at Kentucky. Florida is at South Carolina. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles look to break a losing skid against North Texas and Hattiesburg today. 2 o'clock is a the kickoff there. They will salute Armed Forces. This Saturday in Hattiesburg, as well as, remember, the Southern Miss Conference USA football champions from 2011. This is Supertalk Sports Mississippi.
6: Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us.
9: Other football action today finds Jackson State in the capital city, taking on Texas' southern 1 o'clock kick at Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. Alcorn State will be at Bethune-Cookman this morning with 11 o'clock kickoff in Daytona Beach. Mississippi Valley will be at Alabama A&M. Jackson State leads the East 5-0 and in the SWAC, 7-1 and overall. Prairie View is 5-0, and leading the West at 6-1 and overall. And Alcorn State is 4-1 and in the West. And five and three overall. In the Gulfside Conference action, Delta State versus Mississippi College, two o'clock kick in Cleveland. The last meeting between the two was won by the Choctaws in 2019, 37 to 13. And junior college playoff action today finds Hines at East Mississippi. Northwest will be at Jones. Both games kick off at 2 o'clock. East Mississippi is ranked number one in the junior college poll. Jones is number three. Northwest, number eight. Hines, number 10. Gulf Coast at number 11. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Talk Sports Mississippi. <laughs>
4: Away, the Birdman will play. Welcome, Birdman Ken Hackman.
2: And good morning again, Mississippi. Ken Hackman, the Birdman. Glad to be with you this morning, filling in for Nellie Neal, your garden mama. I'm pretty sure she's out trumping around in a field someplace gathering seeds to make new cultivars. Earlier I said rainforest, but, you know, she gets around. She's pretty much everywhere. Wherever there's a garden, she's there. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're excited to be here with you this morning. We'd love for you to give us a call. We want to talk about what's going on in your yard. We want to answer any questions that we have, that you have, rather, about uh, birds, birding, gardening for the birds, bird feeding. We also deal with questions about squirrels and snakes and deer and everything else you can imagine. That number to call is 888-808-8637. Again, it's 888-808-8637. Or you can give us a text at the C Spire text line. That number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. We've been talking about birds that are coming and going, um, trying to figure out exactly what's in the area, looking at, at how things are working out there. One of the things that I really get excited about is a little bitty golden bird. Now, everybody loves goldfinches. The problem is finding them and spotting them this time of year, because they're not that beautiful gold. They don't have on their Sunday go to and clothes yet. They won't have that until sometime in the spring. Right now, they have sort of an olive color, but you can still see the dark wings and the, and the white wing bands that are typical of goldfinches. So keep your eyes open. Put out some thistle seed. Now, there's a couple of things you need to remember when you feed goldfinches. They love that thistle. It's actually not thistle. It's Niger from Africa. They love that thistle, but they don't like it once it gets wet. Thistle seed or Niger seed uh, gets sour after it gets wet. That humidity is really not good for it at all. So if you get some thistle seed, put it in the feeder, I usually, when I get started in the winter getting ready for the goldfinches, and they're here, we already have records, I usually only put enough thistle seed in the feeder to get past that first feeding port just barely past that first hole that they feed on. When I see goldfinches come in, that's when I'll go ahead and fill them, slap up. Uh, once they're in, they're in, and you will know it because they are such wonderful little feeders. They're excitable, a uh, wonderful little call. I, I hear them usually every year before I ever see them, and it's that, that more drab color. But here's the thing. Some people have said, oh, well, if they're drab, I don't want them. But Let me tell you something, folks. When these guys go hide in the woods, and it's amazing how they do that. Every year I get a lot of phone calls from people who say, oh, my goldfinch has just disappeared. Don't worry about it. In the springtime, when the time comes, they're going to go hide in the woods. And and as my grandfather used to say, they're going to put on their Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. They'll turn that Brilliant golden color, that brilliant yellow with that black cap on top. They'll come back out of the woods, and you'll get to enjoy quite a sight. My favorite time of year, now I love the wintertime. Don't get me wrong. I love the summertime. But in the spring, right after the goldfinches have turned that bright yellow color, and then migration starts, and the indigo buntings come in, you've got that bright golden color of goldfinches and that brilliant blue of the indigo buntings. And the goldfinches used to come into my house, I, I'm in a different home now, but they would come into my house every year, and I'd have, oh, I don't know, 100, 150 goldfinches, you throw 200 indigo buntings coming in uh, to feed, all of those on the ground, I scattered out seed on the ground for the, for the finches and indigo buntings, have all of that going on, all that yellow, all that blue, and then throw in about 20 cardinals just for fun, and you've got a color smorgasbord, it's a fantastic thing. Enjoy. Enjoy those birds. Enjoy them. Okay, we've got Bob on the line from Foxworth, and he wants to talk about buckeye trees. Go ahead, Bob. You're on the air with the Birdman. Bob, are you there? Yes, sir. Go ahead. You're on the air.
4: Uh, Yes, sir. I was wondering about these trees that makes what they call these buckeyes. I've always heard of them and seen them. But I was just wondering really what they were supposed to be for,
2: if you can answer me. Well, they serve a number of purposes. Deer love the, the actual Buckeye fruit that they produce. And uh, real quick, let me throw this in here. It's a great misconception that Buckeyes and, and pecans and hickory, all these, those are actually fruits. The nuts are fruits. Deer love them. But on my end of things being a bird watcher, in the springtime, that's one of the first things to bloom. And they're blooming right about the time that the hummingbirds come in for spring migration. So they serve a lot of purpose there. I have four Buckeyes in my in my yard. I don't have a really big yard, but everything I plant is there to attract wildlife, and I have a birdie yard. Uh, this time of year, I, the persimmons are, are fruiting in in my yard, and every morning, I get to school pretty early in the morning. I love what I do. Every morning. I'll go outside the front door, and it's not unusual, and they're they're so used to me. I've got a common persimmon right at the corner of my driveway, and I walk out the front door, and the deer just pick their heads up and look at me, and there'll be two or three some mornings out there feeding on that common persimmon tree, buckeye, persimmon, uh, anything of these native plants that you can put around to to really improve your yard will make things a lot more fun. Anything else about the Buckeye? Beautiful plant. They love shade, uh, partial sun, um, little dappled area is perfect for them. Do you have any other questions, Bob? No, sir. Okay, I hope that answered. Okay, good. They are wonderful, wonderful plants, and uh, I hope you get some and enjoy them. The best way to plant those is literally to get one of those buckeyes out of the pods, just drop it on the ground, and then step on it. And when you step on it, as long as your soil's not rock hard, uh, moisten the soil up a little bit, step on it down into that moist soil, and that is the perfect, perfect depth for that to bloom, or uh, not bloom, but uh, to germinate and That'll be a fantastic way to get some started in your yard. I actually, I've got the four big ones. I actually get the little ones as they come up each each year and, and pass them out to friends. So if you need a Buckeye, give me a call. Uh, if you're anywhere near the Madison area, I'll be glad to share with you because I get them every year.
10: Okay, well, thanks for talking with
2: me. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate that call. You know, I talk about the birds an awful lot, but we don't often, well, I try, we don't often think about the plants that the birds need and how important those plants are. And we've got to be very careful in how we manage our landscapes and and take care of things. Uh, Everybody would love to take everything they see and turn it into a park. Beautiful lawn that stretches out with nice planted trees everywhere. That's not what's always best for nature. Now, while I enjoy going to a golf course to go birdwatching, yes, you heard me, a golf course to go birdwatching, because wide open spaces, look up and just watch the hawks and the kites, it's perfect. While I enjoy those open areas, those park-like areas, I would much prefer tromping through some woods and swamps and things of that sort. And quite frankly, the more we develop and the more open space there is, the more we have need for those ribbons of green that I like to call them. We actually, uh, my students and I a number of years ago had a program called Ribbons of Green and we helped to identify areas where things could be fenced off and we could create little pathways for animals to move back and forth and to keep those, those genes able to flow from one place to another. It's a very important thing to keep all of that going. Nature can't live at this point without our help. Or maybe they would live better if we didn't help at all. One of those two is certainly true. All right. Want to remind everybody this is a caller driven show. We'd love to answer your questions and talk to you about what's going on in your yard. If you have any questions about how to identify something, we can always play Name That Bird. That's a, a favorite of ours. Give us a call this morning at 888- Eight zero eight eight six three seven. That's eight 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 zero eight eight six three seven. Or as always, you can shoot us a text on that C Spire text line at six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. That's six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. 879 You got something back there, Daniel?
3: Yeah, we got a couple of texts that came in earlier. Uh, Keith from Jesse said that the name of the river we were talking about earlier in the first few segments was called Fair River.
2: The Fair River, right.
3: And Donna from Hernando actually sent us a text. Uh, These are her first buds that she has seen in 10 years, and it actually looks very beautiful and awesome that this is actually happening right now. So thank you, Donna, for sending that. And Ken... He's a usual. He's a regular te- caller for uh, Garden Mama. Okay. He, he actually asked, "Is she okay? Uh, she is missing. He'll keep her in her prayers." Um, he also said, "Boy Scouts. They took me with the bag to catch a snipe. I stayed out most night. Uh, brought brought a possum in, in back in my bag. Um, it was fun ar- around the campfire." And then he also <laughs> said. A bunch of folks walking into the gas station, a hummingbird flew past my head, uh, made me duck. He went into the window, fell. I scooped him up and breathed on him, kind of cupped him in my hands, had time getting him to leave, Uh, had scooped him on the bush.
2: Yeah, a lot of times that happens. We have uh, birds that will fly into windows and, and whatnot, and if you'll just pick it up. Uh, As long as there's no serious internal injuries, pick it up and hold it in your hands and keep it warm. Remember that birds have a higher body temperature than we have. Their heart beats faster than ours does. Uh, They have that high metabolism. Hold it in your hands. Keep it warm. And it's amazing. After after a few minutes, you just open your hands and it will fly off. Sometimes I've actually held them in my hand. And they make eye contact. They'll look right back at you, and you can see that little sparkle in their eye from from the sun or whatever form of light there is hitting it. You can see that little sparkle in their eye, and they'll turn their head, and then they'll just fly off. Very special thing. Another thing that happens on a regular basis, he was talking about the hummingbird at the gas station. I get calls every year from folks who have hummingbirds trapped in their garages. I have a little simple Uh, treat for you or a little simple explanation for you that will help. You have hanging from your garage door a cord with a red handle that is for emergency use. And if you need to, you pull that cord and that red handle and you can get the garage door going. Um, That red handle looks like a flower to a hummingbird. And most garages' ceilings are higher than the opening of the door. They'll fly into that. And they, as, as hummers leave flowers, they go upward. They'll get caught in that garage door, especially in some of the newer houses that have higher ceilings. They'll get caught inside the garage and not be able to find their way back out. Here's a little trick you can try. Take that emergency handle and paint it white. Just take a little spray paint, hit it, and make it white. You'll still be able to see it. Trust me. It's not illegal to paint your emergency handle white, and that way you may prevent the hummingbirds from coming into the garage if you leave your garage door open. There's always a solution for everything out there if you just work and take the time to be patient and find that solution. There's a lot to learn, a lot to learn. Okay, I want to remind everybody to give us a call here this morning. We want to talk to you. What's going on in your yard? Give us a call at 888 808 8637. 888 808 8637. The ceasefire text line is 601 879 4395. That's 601 879 4395. You know, I've been getting a lot of emails and Facebook questions asking when I was going to be back on. Well, I'm here. And nobody's calling. You're out there. I know you are. Give us a call. We'll talk about what's going on in your yard. Hey, let's change course a little bit. I mentioned earlier that we would talk about seeds and seed preferences. Well, the number one seed for birds is, of course, black oil sunflower. I think everybody knows that. After that, there's a variety of things that they really love. The small finches love the thistle. Uh, A lot of birds love peanuts. Now, I Typically, don't feed whole peanuts. I'll feed them that have already been shelled. And don't go get planters at the grocery store. You don't need any salt on them. Uh, get some, some regular raw peanuts out of the shell and put those out. You will get nuthatches and chickadees and... Uh, Tit titmice and all of the woodpeckers will come in for those. And, folks, that's something we really don't appreciate enough for our woodpeckers. I've had phone calls in the past. Uh, a guy called me and said, i got a woodpecker just eating up my house. I'm, I'm going to shoot him. Am I going to get in trouble? Well, the answer to that question is, yes, you will get in trouble. There's more to the story, though. Uh, there used to be, and and those of us that are over the age of about 40 probably remember a wonderful gentleman, and I'm well over 40, I can assure you, wonderful gentleman by the name of Paul Harvey. And he would always do this little segment, and at the end he'd go, and that's the S. I, I got it all wrong. Daniel just blew it right there, went up in front of everybody on air. And that is the rest of the story. And Paul Harvey was wonderful about telling the rest of the story. If you've got hummingbirds, not hummingbirds, if you've got woodpeckers, we just hit a, a brain damage thing here for about two minutes. If you have woodpeckers beating on your house, one of two things is happening. They're either beating on your gutters or a copper downspout or something like that that is completely harmless, drumming territory, or if you hear them hitting wood, you have problems that the woodpecker is helping you to identify the woodpecker is not your problem it's the insects inside the wood that is your problem woodpeckers are usually a really really good indicator that you have other issues keep an eye out on those woodpeckers love them They don't drill into live trees. We have one woodpecker in the entire United States that will dig a hole in a live tree, and that's the red-cockaded woodpecker that's highly endangered. Uh, We do have them about 25 miles up, uh, 25 from Madison Central, where I teach. And we take students out there to see them. Highly endangered bird. But all the rest of the woodpeckers in the world, ladies and gentlemen, only drill into dead wood keep that in your mind we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about birds and birding gardening for the birds gardening for wildlife and maybe getting rid of wildlife that you don't want around give us a call at 888-808-8637 888-808-8637 or that c spire text line is 601-879-4395 and don't worry garden mama's doing just fine out there we'll talk to you again in just a minute
6: Hey there, Lucky Buck here, coming to you live from a nearby meadow. You know, four-leaf clovers are lucky, of course, but I find that the three-leafers are lucky, too, and just as tasty. Mm. Speaking of lucky things in threes, there's Cash 3 from the Mississippi Lottery. Cash 3 has daily drawings with $0.50 and $1 plays and lots of ways to win. So play Cash 3 sometime,
1: and you might be lucky like me. Have fun, y'all. Must be 21 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing.
9: Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi
4: 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Hi,
11: I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors here. The show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, white tail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Good things with Rebecca Turner. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. The Dean's List with Janice Dean.
12: A Florida family who returned a wallet and refused a reward makes today's Dean's List. Chris Pearson lost his wallet outside of a public store, and he searched the area multiple times. After asking the store manager to look at surveillance video, he realized nothing was turning up, and he gave up hope. The wallet contained his driver's license, credit cards, plenty of cash and a gift card. A kind family showed up at his house the very next day. Fifteen-year-old Lucas Perry had found the wallet in the parking lot and with his father and sister decided to drive to Chris's address to personally hand-deliver it. Chris says they refused the offer to keep the money and they said they just wanted to do the right thing. Chris was so impressed by the respectful attitude of Lucas and his 17-year-old sister Maya. They say they will all keep in touch. A wonderful story of kindness and honesty that goes a long way. Janice Dean, Fox News. Whether
0: you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, a rebel report. Thunder and lightning, the Super Talk Eagle Hour, are all now available for you. And it's all free. free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Fox
6: on Tech. The annual Consumer Electronics Show was held in person in January of 2020, months before the world plunged into a global pandemic. CES in 2021 was done virtually, but two years later, the Consumer Technology Association is set to return in person in January of 2022 at the Las Vegas Convention Center, bringing in exhibitors, attendees, and media from around the globe. CES has been around for more than half a century and is one of the largest trade shows in the world. In 2019, 175,000 people showed up to see over 4,000 companies with the very latest in technology. It's where the world gets a glimpse of what's next, from CDs to DVDs to HDTV and a list of products that have captured space in our homes, on top of our TVs, or in our hands. The 2022 show will be pared down from previous years, but will include 1,200 exhibitors from Google to Panasonic to Samsung and Sony. With Fox on Tech, Brett Larson, Fox News.
2: We're back right here on Weekend Gardening. Garden Mama's out, tromping around all over the place. She's doing fine. We had a couple of people that uh, wanted to know if she was okay. Yes, Garden Mama's fine. She just likes to take off every now and then and That lets me get a chance to come in and play, and I enjoy talking to all of you fine folks out there and answering your questions about what's going on in your yard and your bird. Right now, we actually have Daryl on the line in Tupelo, and Daryl has a question about a pond. Go ahead, Daryl. You're on with the Birdman. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. You're on. Can you hear me? Yes, sir.
10: I I got a bad house. I want to put it on a telephone pole close to a pond. Okay. How do I... Put it on
2: the pole, man. Uh, make sure it's at least 15 feet off the ground. Uh, higher than that would be preferable. And have it face east if you can. Uh, I I like to go into a situation ahead of time so that my pole, if I've got the room, my, my pole uh, would be where the box can be on the pole and face east toward the pond.
10: Okay. Face and east, but... but. The pond is north of the pole.
2: That's fine. Make sure it faces east anyway. Uh, they like to pick up that uh, it, during the winter months, especially, they're going to use that as a nursery or roosting colony. And uh, if you have birds that overwinter, and they're uh, bats. I'm just not all here today. If you have bats that overwinter, they're going to need that morning sun. The sun comes up in the east, and they need that morning sun to warm up that box. That's especially true when they also start breeding, and it's it's uh, a nursery box at that point is literally what it is. And thank you for putting that bat house up. A lot of people, especially right now after the COVID scare and uh, the, the fact that it came from bats, a lot of folks are concerned about bats and there's no need to be fewer than one percent of all of the injured bats or sick bats that you've ever found in your life have any disease let alone rabies any disease communicable to humans now the question is how many have you found sick on the ground in your life <laughs> that number is pretty small isn't it You're on the ground right um Put that bat house up and let them eat. A a, a single little myotis, a little brown bat, can eat 7,000 mosquitoes a night. Uh, We could get rid of mosquitoes uh, as a problem. Now, they're always going to be here. They've been here for millions of years. They're going to continue to be here for millions of years. But we could do a whole lot better job at managing their numbers if we would stop spraying and put up bat boxes and let the dragonflies and the frogs and the other things that eat them naturally eat them. Um, There are creeks all over the place in Mississippi that are full of a little minnow called the gambusia or mosquito killifish. Sadly, the numbers of these gambusia are dropping because of the fact that we're using so many pesticides to spray for the mosquitoes that the larvae – mosquitoes lay their eggs in water. The larvae hatch out in the water, and the killifish that normally eat the mosquito larvae, they're taking in or bioaccumulating all of that toxin after they eat hundreds of these larvae, and they die. We're killing the things that eat the mosquitoes spraying cancer-causing agents in the air that we breathe and breeding super mosquitoes that are resistant to the toxins. It doesn't make sense to me. None of that adds up real well in my book.
10: Well, I can do that. I put it on top of the telephone pole, which is more than 15 feet off the
2: ground. There you go. Uh, don't put it put it at the top, not literally on the top. Put it where? Uh, I like to stick mine about six inches from the top, facing east. Oh,
10: no problem. I'm definitely about 15 feet.
2: Okay. Uh, I actually have mine mounted on the eastern face, uh, a gable that faces east on on the house. Um, They work best if they're on the actual house or barn or any other side building that you may have. The pole that you're talking about is the second best place to put it. Absolutely last resort is to mount it on a tree. Uh, stay away from the tree if you can.
10: Well, there's no trees around the, the pole.
2: That sounds like the perfect location then. If it's not on the house, that's the, the very next best thing you could do. Good job. Okay, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, Darrell. Thanks for the call. We always love to talk about things other than birds, too, now. You can give us a call at 888-808-8637. Again, 888-808-8637, that C Spire text line. If you don't want to get on the air, shoot us a text. We'll answer your question anyway. That number is 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Wow, a lot going on. I was taking a look at Gloria's picture here that she sent in. Thanks for that text, Gloria, uh, in Clinton. You have some beautiful cardinals back there. That third bird, I can't quite make out, but it looks like it may be a house finch. A uh, little difficult. It's uh, it's kind of small on the screen that I'm looking at, and, and the, that bird in particular is a little darker in comparison to the lighting of the two cardinals. But a uh, beautiful picture. Is is that azalea growing in the background? Looks like it. They are definitely blooming um, in a lot of places here in the deep south. Um, Boy, have we got some strange weather going on. All right. Give us a call. We'll talk to you about what's happening in your yard. We were talking earlier about bird seeds and the best ones to use. I love that black oil sunflower myself. I put out peanuts. I put out the thistle. I put out suet. All of those are wonderful things. You want to get some bluebirds? Get a little plastic cup. A clear plastic cup would work best. Um, Bowl-shaped, real shallow bowl-shaped so that they can't crawl out. And go to your local birding shop. Wild Birds Unlimited in Jackson has them. There are some other places that have them. And buy some mealworms. Now, you do have to get past the whole idea of, oh, these are in my house. Buy some mealworms and put about six or seven of them in that plastic cup and just watch the bluebirds come and have fun. That's almost like crack. Okay, we've got Charles on the line from Greenwood, and Greenwood, Mississippi. Charles, you're on the air. Go ahead and talk to us about honeybees.
4: Thank you. Uh, I heard you talking about bats to a guy a while ago and putting up a bat house. But I have honeybees, and I was wondering if the bats would bother the honeybees.
2: I'll be honest with you. The bats are feeding at night. The honeybees are usually in. Now, there is an overlap, just a little bit of overlap, uh, where the bats come out before the sun goes completely down. I I have to be honest with you, uh, I while I would love to have an apiary myself, I don't, and I'm not enough versed in exactly what time your honeybees go to roost at night uh, or, or go into the hive at night. If that overlap is there, yes, they would take a few, but I can tell you it would not be many because they prefer much smaller and much easier prey. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, And I envy you quite a bit. I I would love to have a beehive. I actually thought about several years ago, I I have a glass beehive in my classroom, and I thought about having a a hole drilled through the wall, exterior wall, to the outside of the school with a tube coming into that glass beehive so that I could have bees in the classroom. Uh, There wouldn't be any danger in the classroom. It's just that the students would be able to get to see uh, the bee. But um, I don't have enough experience in that area. That would take a lot of reading up. Do you find beekeeping fun?
4: Beehives in the middle of Jackson, Mississippi, and they never were any complaints.
2: Wow. That's awesome. I think I'm going to have to look into that some more. Maybe maybe when I retire in about, uh, oh, I don't know. This is just my 39th year, and I don't feel like slowing down anytime soon. So, as uh, long as I have the passion to keep going, I'll keep going. So, maybe in another 10 years or so, I'll have a beehive.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call, Charles. We appreciate it. Give us a call. We'll talk about your bats, your bees, your birds. Uh, sounds like a strange program here this morning, Daniel. We're talking about the birds and the bees
3: and the bats. (laughs) We're just talking about everything today, aren't we?
2: Well, that's the joy of radio. We call uh, we talk about whatever folks want to call and talk about, Um, as long as it's within reason, of course. And if it's something that I have at least an inkling of knowledge about. I'm not going to sit in here and talk to you about automotive mechanics because I have to pay somebody to do all of that. Um, I can change my spark plug. I can change my air filter and my oil filter. I can change a flat tire. And then the rest of it, I have to change bills over into something that I can afford to pay the uh, the uh, mechanic. So that's about the end of it.
3: I'll tell you this. I, I actually know a little bit about cars. Like, when I was in high school I did this um thing called Votech at Pearl High School. That's where I went to high school at. And uh we went to Heinz Community College down in uh mm-hmm. right right across the road from Pearl and I took uh automotive mechanics with uh, josh ludlum as my instructor and i learned so much more about cars like changing oils changing tires alignment uh, fixing engines all the internal compartments and all that how to fix that
2: there's a lot to learn out there and and i learned a long time ago if you don't know something about a topic don't speak up my, my grandfather used to tell me it's better to keep your mouth shut and let everybody think you're a fool than to open it up and remove all doubt. And I try to keep mine shut when I can't. It's hard for me. I'm a talker. Uh, I try to keep mine shut if I don't know what I'm talking about. So that's the way to go. Okay, folks, we're still talking about birds and bees and bats. And uh, we mentioned deer a little bit. I don't think we've talked about snakes today. But then again, it's that time of year. Not a whole lot of them are coming. Did catch one about three weeks ago. Um that i was called to come get and uh on one of the field trips that i took my students out on a few weeks ago about i I guess about three weeks ago just a few days apart we caught an eastern ribbon snake that was an absolute beauty um students found it they pointed it out and i grabbed it real quick and everybody had fun holding it lots of pictures were taken and it's just a special thing to see young people light up see those faces light up folks if you're out there listening grab your children, grab your grandkids, get out into the woods, show them the beauty of nature. There's a whole lot out there that, well, quite frankly, they'll never understand if somebody doesn't share with them. Today's society is full of video games, and we've got hundreds of channels on the television, and kids just don't get out anymore. And it's, it's, really special to share that that bonding time with those who are younger that really would be interested if anybody took the time to share it with them. Get out there in the woods. Get out there in the fields. Take somebody fishing. Have a wonderful time and really enjoy life. Okay, what else can we talk about as far as birds and birding go? Well, Whatever's in your yard, give us a buzz at 888-808-8637. Again, that's 888-808-8637. Your ceasefire text line is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. You know, when I said give us a buzz, I was not referring to the bees that we were talking about just a moment ago. Um, I, I love honey, and I don't know how many of the folks out there listening know this. I have terrible allergies, and I was told a number of years ago that I could have my allergy situations helped if I would take a teaspoon of honey every day from a local apiary, and I learned that if I took that teaspoon of honey, it's got to be local honey. I mean, you can't go to the grocery store and buy what they've got there unless you've got a small-town grocery store that carries local honey. Go buy some local honey that somebody in the area has made and take that honey and it actually helps with the allergies. I found that out a long time ago. It it has certainly borne itself out to be true, and that's something that everybody out there can try and who doesn't love honey? I mean really. Who doesn't love good honey? I, I think I am. I was talking to the gentleman a little while ago. I think when I retire no time soon, but I think when I retire, I'm going to have a couple of hives. If my wife's listening, she's probably having a cow. I'll have hives. She'll have cows. We'll get there. We'll get there.
3: Yeah. I'll I'll actually tell you this, Ken. Uh, My uncle who lives down in Mobile, he's actually starting to have a little farm at his house. He, um, he actually started off with a couple chickens here and there at his house. And then he uh, recently got a pony for his uh, daughter, which is my little cousin.
2: And now he's getting in trouble.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, when I heard he was starting a little farm at his house, he started bringing goats, chickens, roosters, ponies. I thought my aunt was going to have a fit with him. But I, but uh, she was all for it, and she agreed to help him out and all that.
2: I, I once knew a gentleman... Who had a tremendous effect on on hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of young people I knew a gentleman by the name of Billy Avalon, and he and I one time uh, got together and, and helped to extract some goats from a building that they had gotten into, and we carried those goats. And, and gave them to another friend of ours whose um, name was Marilyn McMillan. And Marilyn took them to her farm, and she kept those sinks at her farm and just had a wonderful time with them, and her farm just grew by leaps and bounds. Goats, chickens, bats, bees, snakes, deer, we'll talk about all of it this morning. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama. Give us a call at 888-808-8637. That number again is 888 808 8637, or you can reach us on the Ceasefire Text Line at 601 879 4395. Ken Hackman, the Birdman. We'll be right back right after this.
11: Is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men the boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood, and there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it, and you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word Cure to 501501 501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at CoachToCureMD.org. Text the word Cure to 501501 501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did.
0: Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association and Warner Ladder. the Dean's list with Janice Dean
12: a dad that decides to grab a stepdad out of the crowd to join the bride down the aisle makes today's Dean's list Kelsey Griffith posted a video from her wedding that shows a wonderful moment as she and her father approach the altar her dad holds out his hand and invites her stepfather to join them the rest of the way Kelsey captured the video and said my dad surprised my stepdad by including him in our walk down the aisle you can see in the video that Kelsey's stepdad didn't know about the surprise. It looks like her dad is extending his arm for a handshake, but then suddenly pulls him up to join the bride-to-be. The comments below the video are almost as amazing as the act itself, stating, this is what happens when a parent loves his child with complete unselfishness. Another comment said, it was a great example that all divorced parents should follow. A wonderful moment to share on today's Dean's List. Janice Dean, Fox News.
0: Fox
6: on chat. Fly me to the moon. Australia is helping NASA head to the moon again, building a semi-autonomous rover for the lunar surface to search for oxygen. The rover will gather soil samples that contain oxides, and NASA will use equipment to extract oxygen from the soil that will be used to sustain humans on the moon. The rover could be on its way as early as 2026. The Australian Space Agency said NASA was impressed by the technology used to remotely control huge dump trucks from a 1,000 miles away transporting iron ore from Mines in northwest Australia. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson said the agreement will bolster the relationship between the U.S. and Australia related to space exploration that dates back more than half a century. NASA's Artemis mission will attempt to achieve a long term human presence on the moon's south pole. The Artemis Accords have already been signed by 12 countries, including Australia, Canada, Japan, New Zealand, and the U.K. With Fox on Tech, Brett Larson, Fox News.
3: Tea and shiny.
9: Put it in a big brown bag for me. Seal it
8: right around
9: all these seven oceans.
3: Drop it smack dab in the middle of the deep blue sea because. See that sweet
4: ass triple of honey. Yes, you.
2: I love this song. Tupelo, honey. Hello, Mississippi. Ken Hackman here, the bird man, filling in for the garden mama while she's out gathering seeds and tromping through whatever she's tromping through. Um, Really excited to be here with you this morning. We've had a lot of fun. We've still got about 10 more minutes, 12 minutes to go before the top of the hour. We'd love to hear from you about what's going on in your yard. What kind of birds are you seeing? What's coming into your feeders? What's giving you fits at your feeders? Do you need to get rid of the squirrels? Try some safflower. Do you need to keep the squirrels from jumping up on your other feeders? Try a chimney uh, style stovepipe style uh, squirrel baffle that goes on your pole feeders. I don't know what's going on this morning, Daniel. The words just uh, aren't coming out. Maybe. Maybe it's because of the mints that I keep popping into my mouth here uh have to stop popping mints and popping pills and everything else. Not that I pop pills, mind you
3: <laughs> yeah okay, th- yeah, don't worry about that. that sometimes happens to me i i i- ca- I usually call that like a brain fart
2: <laughs> well i I get on the air a lot of times and i'll just go smooth and then the next time I come in it's uh smooth and then rough and then smooth. You never know from one day to the next what sort of frame of mind the brain is going to work when it connects to the tongue. Just in one, out the other, no telling what's going to go on. Yeah, okay, let's like talk works. about some um, some things with seed again. We keep going back to that seed question. Um, someone called earlier and wanted to know how to increase the number of birds in his yard. Well, the secret, as I said earlier, is to put up different kinds of feeders. You want to put up as many different kinds of feeders as you can, different styles, tube feeders, tray feeders, um, hopper feeders. Those are the ones that you fill up with seed, and, and it's got a bar on the side, and they just feed out of it as it comes out of the hopper. All of those are wonderful suet feeders you put a cake of suet in there and you can attract a wide variety there are actually suet blends that you can buy at your specialty stores like wild birds unlimited they have a suet blend that has insects mixed in so you get a lot of those warblers and insect eating birds coming in and i have to tell you if you've never seen a prothonotary warbler You need to get some of this insect suet. Put it in your yard. Put up a little prothonotary warbler birdhouse. Um, They actually work. I've had plenty of people tell me that they get them nesting in your yard. Now, it will help if you've got water nearby. Uh, But a little prothonotary warbler nesting box, beautiful thing. They'll use a house-wren box. Uh, I do – let me just say this. If you don't have water nearby, don't buy a house-wren box. House wrens don't live here in the deep south. They sell house wren boxes at a lot of the places around that that really don't know birds. And a lot of folks buy those house wren boxes and it's not going to do them any good. The only time a house wren box is any good for you is if you've got water in the area and you can attract prothonotary warblers. Now, uh, other boxes, bluebird boxes, and whatnot. Sometimes the Carolina wrens will use them, but a Carolina wren, our local wren, is not going to use a house wren box. So there's no need to go there unless you got water and want to attract that beautiful, bright yellow prothonotary warbler. Of course, they're gone now for the for the winter. They'll be back in the spring. My grandfather used to call those swamp canaries. Swamp canaries, brilliant, brilliant, golden yellow bird that uh, just takes my breath away um, I quite frequently take students out to Pipeline Road uh, off of Highway 43 and they're breeding all over the place out there and we can call the prothonotary warblers right up to us with a little sweet 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 sound and uh, you should see the looks on students faces kids faces when they see that grab your, 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 your student grab your grandchild get out there have a wonderful time there's some beautiful things around us you can call up owls you can call up birds you can do all kinds of wonderful things now one thing that i will say uh, please do not use recordings if you use a taped bird call during the breeding season you may actually prevent breeding from taking place what happens is you're out there playing your call trying to attract a bird in so that you can get a look at it and what's happening is that the male bird in that area thinks, oh, well, there's another male already here, and he leaves because he's heard your phone or your recording device of whatever sort you're using. The female stays, and she's looking for this male that she keeps hearing all over the place. Well, guess what? The, the real male is gone. Your phone's there. The female's there. Nothing's going to happen use playback sparingly and and don't use it during the breeding season that's very important we've got to do everything we can to protect mother nature and and her wonderful wonderful denizens it's important to us to preserve for the future we're we're called to take care of creation and sometimes we do a good job of that and sometimes we don't sometimes we really don't i hope you've had a good time today we've still got a few minutes give us a call we want to see what's going on in your yard because there's always a lot going on take a look around outside put up some feeders get out some seed put up a hummingbird feeder now when you fill that hummingbird feeder and it's not too late you can have it up year round four parts of water to one part of sugar it's not necessary to boil it. That's that's a, a, a an old wives' tale. Four parts of water to one part of sugar, please do not use red food coloring. Most of the good hummingbird feeders out there have the red color on them already, and red food coloring may be causing uh, damage during the reproductive process. The, the story's still out there on that. They're doing research, no definitive results. But, hey, if it's possible for it to be doing any damage, We don't need to use it. There's no need to put red food coloring in hummingbird solution. Don't go buy a mixed package. That's got preservatives and everything else in it. The best thing for your hummers is four parts of water to one part of sugar. Mix it up. If you want to make it warm enough to dissolve the sugar, that's fine. Pour it out and enjoy your hummingbirds. And yes, even in the wintertime, we have hummers that stay here all winter long. The ruby throats that are supposed to be here in the summer are not going to stay. You can't do anything short of trapping it, which is illegal, unless you have the permit, of course. You can't do anything to keep that little ruby-throated hummingbird here. It's going to leave. Nothing you can do as far as putting out feeders is going to keep it around. It's going to leave. All you got to do is have those feeders up, and you might enjoy some beautiful wintering hummingbirds. Do me a favor, Google, look up images of things like the green violet ear or the magnificent hummingbird. You see these, folks, and you will never take down your feeder again. We've had both of those in the area. Uh, The green violet ear I saw down in Baton Rouge, the magnificent hummingbird I've seen right across the state line in Alabama, these are birds that will take your breath away. Leave that feeder up this winter. Keep fresh uh, nectar in it. Keep it clean and enjoy your birds because it's a wonderful time of year. Wintertime, the the leaves are gone and you can see a whole lot more out there. But you got to get out there. Enjoy yourselves. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman. I've enjoyed being with you this morning. Hopefully we've had a chance to share a little bit that will help you out. Next time, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Garden Mama will be back next week. Everything's copacetic. Y'all have a wonderful time. Ken Hackman, the Birdman, saying goodbye.
4: Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication.
6: Securing America. Nevada County, California, partnering with businesses this week to honor members of the military who served and continue to serve. They honored people from each military branch, including retired Coast Guard Commander Claude Hessel. He remembers the Vietnam era when members of the military were disrespected.
0: People would spit on you, you know. People would call you names.
6: But now things have changed for the better.
0: I think it's a a huge, huge thing. The uh, local community has really stepped up they have really stepped up to support our military.
6: The county will have a military appreciation week between November 6th and 14th, with dozens of businesses participating and offering discounts. Chelsea Amesbury is the owner of Scraps Dog Bakery, one of the businesses taking part in the celebration.
5: If we can take a little bit off their plate by offering some money off, it's the least we can do for all the work that they've done for us. Just give them a little discount off their dog food or cat food or toys or treats, whatever makes their dog happy.
6: Steve Rappaport, Fox News.